Today's sponsor is Audible. Please visit audiblepodcast.com slash baldmove for a free audiobook download. Podcast for The Walking Dead on AMC. I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. And I'm coming to you from the bottom of a dark, wet, zombie-infested well this week. Uh, there's not a lot to say other than weather really screwed us, and I couldn't get out to Aaron's house. So Yeah, uh, it sucks because we had a pretty epic skit planned around Morgan and Rick's reunion, but we just can't, we can't do it if we're not in the same room. This is not going to work. Yeah, no. The the rehearsals went badly, so yeah. So maybe next canceled whole production. Maybe next week. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Would that be lame if we did a skit based on the previous week's episode? I, I'm pretty sure it would be. Yeah. Oh well. Well, I guess we'll have to let the uh, listeners weigh in on that. Uh, right. Some brief news before we get started. Wanted to remind everybody the Bald Move promotion contest is still going on and. We are giving away an actual brand new Kindle Fire. It's pretty sweet. Uh, Jerilyn DePicaz show put it up uh, for the uh, uh, what do you call that? The kitty, the pot. Uh, yeah. The brisket, all of the above. The uh, honey we baited the trap with, and all you have to do is go to baldmove.com/slash/contest. Well, for uh-huh. and and previously to doing that, you should go. And promote baldmove.com somewhere. Maybe it's your Twitter account. Maybe it's on your Facebook page. Maybe you're just leaving us an iTunes review. Um, maybe you're talking about us on some other social media site. Grab the URL from the top of the screen. Paste it into baldmove.com slash contest along with your email address, which we will not be using to molest you. No, we'll just be using it to inform you that you've won a prize if you have, in fact, won a prize and that's it. You win a Kindle Fire. I mean, it's a two hundred dollar yeah. value. It's a uh, you know how would you describe it? It's like a seven seven inch media viewing tablet. It's not just an yes. e- it's, it's not just like yeah. a black and white e reader. I mean, you can no, it's different from your regular Kindle because it does like apps and all sorts of stuff that you'd think a regular tablet would do. Yeah, it's based on the Android. It's it's slightly modified to make it very easy to consume content from Amazon. Um, I wish I could enter to win. And I tell you what, if you play the lottery and you're not doing baldmove.com slash contest, you're a goddamn fool because I guarantee your odds of winning <laughs> are much greater than one in a thousand at this point. You, yeah. enter, you enter twice, it's one in 500. You enter... Three times it's one out of two fifty. I'm pretty sure I don't understand statistics or odds, but <laughs> yeah. So basically, I, if it's you got to be in the neighborhood. Times you win it. Yeah, automatically, automatically. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, check it out. There's two more weeks to enter. Uh, we're right in the the middle. Um, so get it in there. Vote. Uh, participate early. Participate often. Okay. Enough of your contest bullshit. <laughs> let's get to the episode. All right. Let's do it. Uh, uh, start out this week with the group on the road, the group being uh, Carl, Rick, and, and Michonne. They've gone out on the infamous run that they talked about last time, mm-hmm. and they pack. They pass a backpacker on the road, and he is like desperately trying to flag him down, uh, but they drive right by. They don't care. 
Uh, they end up at a crash site where it looks like a car hit a truck and rolled over or something. Did it? Because again, I can't. I was looking at this kind of like an NHST or NHIST uh, investigator, and I'm like, I have no idea how to fuck this <laughs> happen. I see the truck flipped over. But then uh-huh. these other three cars just kind of stopped and pulled over crooked. They don't seem like. I mean, well, maybe not... they got eaten by zombies. Maybe the truck crashed. They stopped to help, and zombie attack. Yeah, unlike the uh, other Georgia traffic jam that we've seen, these zombie these bodies were clearly picked over. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, no and it makes me wonder why they didn't turn into zombies themselves. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't know. Maybe uh, there's... I was uh, thinking, like, maybe the collision was da- damaging enough to destroy their brains. Right. Well, I mean... head. Yeah, so, like, if you get eaten to a certain point, do you not come back? That's a good question. Like, like obviously, if you got skeletonized, that you're not coming back. But, like, if you just had every yeah. square inch of your flesh flayed off of you... Or your face uh-huh. bitten off, or the top, you know, it's like, where, what, at what point are you too far gone for a zombie, the zombie virus to be able to reanimate you successfully? I would think it's all about the brain, right? I mean, of course, if there's no muscle connecting any of your limbs to other portions of your body, you can't move. Right. But yeah, I would think it's all about the brain. All right. Good point. So uh, yeah, I don't understand why they didn't re, haven't reanimated either. Yeah. Uh, well, damn they get stuck z- in the mud. Damn that zombie uh, physics. by zombies. What? I said, damn that zombie physics. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like it's made up. Just like make-believe. <laughs> yeah, it's surprisingly like that, actually. Uh, so they get stuck in the mud and swarmed by zombies, and they kill them all, and the backpacker comes back, but they take off before he can catch up. Did you have any problem with this scene whatsoever? Um, I didn't like the fact that Rick... Like, I get that Rick's cold, and he doesn't like outsiders at this point. But it does seem like, why wouldn't you... There's three of you, two and a half of two and a half badasses. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, Who's soon. the half in there, Rick? <laughs> no, Carl, just because he's not full grown. It's like two and a half men. Oh. We got two and a half badasses here. Just because the kid can't carry a crib by himself. <laughs> I see. <laughs> um, so you got two and a half badasses here. What's the worst that could happen? I mean, you could literally say at gunpoint, you, get in the fucking trunk. You're going for uh, a ride. We'll decide what to do with you when we get back. And if he wants to get in, fine. If he doesn't, then, you know, fuck him. But it just seems like you need – we've just been talking the last two weeks how you need more warm bodies. Why yeah. leave one there at the side of the road? That that was one of my problems with this scene. Um, the fact that, yeah, they've been saying, we need all the people we can get. They've got an army of, like, 30 coming in. And they just pass people on the road without a thought about that. Right. Um, the other problem I had with this scene is the way that Rick dispatches the zombies that attack the car. Uh-oh. They've got Michonne in the car with a giant sword mm-hmm. who could easily just stab them all in the head, right? Yeah. And yet he wastes ammunition... They're on a fucking ammo run right now, and <laughs> yeah. he's blowing zombies away in easily accessible positions. Yeah. No, like, you're. What's wrong with that picture? Is anything wrong with it? No, I, I didn't even think of that. But you're right. That was uh, she could have just as easily cracked the windshield, and I'm sure that's what she ended up doing. Um, and just you know, did their little pokey pokey routine. Uh, yeah. I was just so impressed that they're paying lip service to how fucking loud Rick's gun is. <laughs> Like There's that, yeah. firing that magnum in a enclosed car would be like a sonic boom. 
Yeah. Man, <laughs> alive, it would be so loud. So it's like, I was like, oh, wow, he's actually, you know, having people cover their ears. This is a nice yeah. change. Um, the other problem I had at the scene was Rick and Carl have this stage whispered conversation with Michonne three feet away with her window rolled down. And they cut okay. to her, just in case you were doubting, they cut to her kind of like rolling her eyes. She can hear this whole fucking thing. <laughs> yeah, she can. That was a very weird way to stage that, wasn't it? Uh, definitely. And I, at first I thought, okay, they mean for her to hear this conversation. Yeah, that's what uh, I thought. I was like, is this a teaching moment or, or Rick's trying to like shame her into being a better citizen? Well, I, <laughs> I don't feel like that's what it was. I think maybe it was like an I don't care if she hears sort of thing. Because he's still not on board uh, the Michonne boat. Right. Uh, I don't know. That was weird. It was also weird that moments, moments, like seconds after being attacked uh, spontaneously by zombies uh, surrounding the car, Michonne's just like sitting there with her arm hanging out the window. No problem. Right. No zombies could possibly come up to this car and bite my arm off like just happened a second ago. Right. The other uh, thing is I kept on thinking like all the times that I've been in like a drive through window and like I hit the wrong button, the thing like automatically rolls down all the way and like, you know, and, and just like, <laughs> you know, this stuff happens like with rain. It's like a minor annoyance. But when you got like automatic windows and there's zombies on the other side, yeah. like what happens if you depress it just a little too far and it goes into automatic roll down mode? Oh shit! 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 That's right. It's too late at that point. You're fucked. Yeah. Oh god. Zombies in the car. Uh, I don't know. Uh, we're we're definitely starting this off on a negative note. Don't worry, people. It gets way better. It does. Get I forgot better. to ask you what you thought about the episode as a whole. Oh yeah. Well, it's too late now. So let's move on. Too late now. Okay. No. So just have to um, go along for the ride. Man, it's weird because this is another like spoiler amplification effect. I really thought this was going to be ass. Like yeah. just really pandering and and not a whole lot of sense made, and I was right about that. But Morgan's <laughs> performance uh, is just amazing, and you yeah. kind of really wonder uh, what would what the show would be like if they had gone with him in Rick's role and not Andrew Lincoln. Yeah, because this man brings okay. it every take. Yeah, I mean, we've only seen him in a couple of episodes, but wow, yeah, I'm I'm stunned. What do you? Th- so I, uh, I'd say this is for this show an eight, eight and a half. Uh, yeah, I could give it that. I mean, maybe as high as a nine, just based on those those moments with Morgan. Yeah, um, and there were some really good moments with Michonne and Carl as well, right. Um, right. and even some with Carl and Rick here. Right. So yeah, I'm gonna go really high. I'm gonna go a nine. Okay, that's that's defensible. Uh, they so they keep on driving down the road. They arrive at their destination, which is Rick's old police station. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been cleared out of all the weapons, but Rick knows of a couple of bars and liquor stores where they might be able to get more guns, right. like one offs. And Michonne is rightfully skeptical of that plan. Mm-hmm. I like how she gave gave him the Barney Fife bullet. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, here you go, deputy. Keep this in your shirt pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Don't actually load it in the gun because uh, you might shoot somebody on accident. <laughs> By the way, what do we think about these five-second term papers they're showing in, during the commercial breaks? 
You know, it's oh, like they the, just have these wall the of text. Piece, the trivia. Yeah. I can't shots. decide if it's stupid ridiculous. or brilliant. Because this, that's what? basically catering to the DVR culture, right? So I can't decide if it's stupid or brilliant. Yeah, gotcha. If you're just watching that live, it's like you get to the first sentence and it's gone. But, you know, well, like last night I was watching on my rewatch. I just like, hey, I'm going to pause this and read it. And it was kind of an interesting reflection on zombie on life. I'm surprised you were even able to see it fast forwarding through it, through the commercials. Well, it was right, I think, at the top of the break. So it's like, and that's, again, caters to the DVR crowd because you would put it there and not coming back from the commercial break because most people actually overshoot and have to back up a little bit. So, you know, getting it right after it fades to black, I think, again, it seems like a very smart play to get the uh, DVR slash uh, streaming crowd uh, on board. Uh, Do we want to talk at all? hear about distance and about might as well it's a good place because i went on the spoiler section a pretty epic rant about seriously they want us to believe that rick is going to in the middle of this governor war traipse Uh back to cynthiana kentucky when he's probably south of atlanta at this point or somewhere in the you know reasonable atlanta area and you know it's like 420 miles away blah 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 Many plethora of listeners uh, wrote in and said that they have made clear with the set direction that uh, Rick actually works for a fictional King County, Georgia Sheriff's Department. Yeah. So fuck us, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, we're totally wrong. In the comic, uh, he is from Cynthiana. Yes, yes. So that's what you were basing it off of. Uh, you're right. We got a ton of feedback on that, and we just covered it. Yep. yep. Um, so they go into like further into town, and they find this kind of makeshift barricade set up, uh, or a gauntlet, if you will, a zombie gauntlet. All it needed was like a long-haired blonde dude in a spandex outfit, and you'd have American gladiators, <laughs> zombie style. Right. Uh, and there's all sorts of signs telling them to go back. Uh, to go away. Uh, they don't take the warning, and they get pinned down by some dude with a gun on the rooftop, and the firefight breaks out. Carl saves his dad. They take the mask off, and they find Morgan from season one, in case you didn't know. Things I learned, uh, if you're a fence, you can say asshole on basic cable. If you're a what? A fence. A fence? Yeah. <laughs> Gotcha. They had like uh, yeah. you know asshole and six uh, high characters. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I mean, here there's once again the fact that nobody can hit anybody who isn't a zombie in this show uh-huh. with a gun. But I thought it was a really good way to reintroduce Morgan because obviously we know that Rick and him are from the same place, and you kind of don't think about that when you see oh Rick is back where he started, you know? Right. Uh, I thought there was enough time with two seasons between the last time we saw Morgan and now uh, to really forget about that part of the show and then have it kind of be a surprise when he comes back. Now, granted, we were spoiled from last week, yeah. so we knew, but it was still, I felt, pretty effective. Also, there are a lot of, um, I want to say, kind of obvious throwbacks to the pilot episode or obvious yeah. like references, which I thought was pretty smart of the show kind of atypically um, mm-hmm. for them to pull far that back and 
maybe Morgan there kind of uh, uh, sparked their creativity with that. But I enjoyed that, uh, and I'm going to point them out as I as I as we see them. Yeah, there's actually one here uh, that I'm just going to let a listener have credit for in the uh-huh. feedback section because uh, they pointed it out. I didn't even think about it. Uh, well, uh, the, but let's move on. The first one they, that I the, the first one I was going to think of is that um, Dwayne incapacitated Rick. And then Rick came up and, uh, shit, uh, shit, uh, Dwayne incapacitated Rick. And then Morgan came up to kind of like take control of the situation. And here Carl incapacitated Morgan and Rick ran up to kind of take over the situation. Yep. That's what I was talking about. Oh, okay. Stole the listener thunder <laughs> bastard. I'm going to be doing that all episode long. <laughs> He trolls the emails. No, I haven't. I haven't. I haven't you, he goes through the emails every week. He pulls out all the good points and he claims them as his own. I do. I pick the kernels out just like, I don't know, cow oh, or something. Um, but no, I actually haven't read any of the emails since you're doing them now. I kind of let them be a surprise. Yeah. Okay, cool. cool. Uh, so after some discussion about why Rick wants to save Morgan, they take him inside and tie him up. Uh, this is kind of a long description because it's a long setup to this scene here. Uh, he's got an arsenal of weapons, and there's rantings all over the walls. Also, uh, our spoilers got things way wrong. We said there was a live wire underneath the welcome mat. It turns out it was a pit of stabby things. Ah, uh, So, yes. bad job on the spoilers there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, they fill up some, start filling up some bags with uh, guns and ammo, and Rick finds the walkie. Oh my god, the walkie. And a marking on the wall that says Dwayne has turned. Yep. Uh, Carl finds a map of the town, which says that the Grimes house is burned down. He's kind of bummed about that. It's a good uh, thing Rick he doesn't. He, it's, a good know thing why. He, it's a good thing he kept a diary on all the walls. It was very efficient from a storytelling perspective. <laughs> yeah. We just look around and find out things about, you know, what's been yeah, going on. Yeah, otherwise we'd have a boring scene with. Him reading a book, yeah, That'd be no fun. or him just having to, you know, ask Morgan what happened, and then what happened, and then what happened. This was a more <laughs> artful way to yeah. do it. I feel like you could get a lot more of that story just by going back and kind of pausing it and trying to read a lot of stuff on those walls. Oh, and I know? did, and a lot of it didn't make any sense. I also thought, like, I'm glad that Morgan's not the governor because it'd be way boring. It'd just be Dwayne turned and then Hatchmark, 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 Hatchmark. <laughs> it's all over the house. Yeah, <laughs> you just have white walls. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I wrote that map. I, I wrote a couple of things down. Do you want me to uh, that I could see clearly? Do you want me to hit them and see if we can figure out anything? Any meetings about them? Yeah, in just a second. Okay, I got to finish this description. No, otherwise I'm going to lose my mind. Like okay. Morgan. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> Carl decides to go on a run to get ass kicker or crib. Michonne volunteers to go with him, and Rick lets him. Okay. Now let's talk about the walls. Okay, so uh, a couple things I wrote down. One was no KIAs on BEF. And that's got to be some military jargon, like killed in a- KIA, killed in action. Yep. I don't know what BEF st- is. And I tried to search for uh, no KIA on BEF, and I just came across Kia ad after Kia ad. <laughs> I'm not even joking. So yeah. that got me nowhere. If we have any uh, ex-military guys that could um, clue us in on that jargon, we didn't get any feedback on that, did we? Not that I saw it, no. Uh, another sentence that was prominent was not happened slash lived. 
not happened slash lived. Yeah. Uh, another one was sick after blood cover. So I guess he got covered uh, in blood and then was sick, and he's trying to like, you know, I don't, I don't know, I don't, I, I did, did didn't mean anything. Is that that doesn't mean that they got covered in blood and they turned, did they? Well, I don't know. Like maybe. I mean, that's. I just wonder if he himself got covered in blood and was worried and just kind of jotted it down or something. It has we've, to be that because we've seen oh, these guys covered in blood. God, yes. Oh God, yes. Um. Also, firefight in Aberdeen with bullet point arrow wound, bullet point knife wound, bullet point the shrapnel. That was, <laughs> that was some fucking so firefight. So got shot, and he dug the shrapnel out with a knife, right? I, I don't yeah, – no, he's tried with an arrow. Then he had to get the knife in there to kind of wedge it out. <laughs> yeah. And then he just used them as like tweezers, uh, primitive tweezers removed the shrapnel apparently. Ouch. He also – on the map, he noted a bunch of names that had turned – um, and I'm wondering, do you think that he did this as he collected, um, cause he, cause is he from this neighborhood roughly or is he just passing through? I couldn't remember from the pilot. Uh, I was pretty sure he was from the neighborhood. Okay. Cause I'm wondering if he's like, as he recognizes people, that he pulls out of his traps. If he's writing that down or if these are people he made contact Maybe. with that didn't turn because Yeah. And there's a lot yeah, of other it, things that I just couldn't, you know, lots of comments about the high ground and, yeah, so you know, I was, on, uh, I was on the ground for 13 hours before, but I couldn't, you know, it, there wasn't enough to actually see. Yeah. It, it seemed very fragmented, like his thoughts. <laughs> I would love for AMC to do like one of those. Sometimes they do like, uh, remember when they did Breaking Bad, a uh, Gale's Journal? Yeah, you could actually page. Yeah. It'd be cool if they did like a three sixty degree panorama that you could pan around and look all over that room. Get oh all the man, set that'd details. be awesome! Yeah, that'd be cool, but they're not going to do it. Uh, I really wish they'd do some more stuff with this, like Lost. I mean, can you imagine if during this whole time we're watching this group kind of struggle to live through this world, but in the background there is a lot of stuff happening, uh, signs of a bigger. Uh, struggle or the bigger picture here. Yeah, we, we've got totally. some feedback, and we kind of mentioned this in our "What We Hope to See This Season" cast. Right. Uh, how I I kind of wanted to see more of the general scope of everything, uh, and I wish we could. I wish they would pull that off like Lost did so well, uh, but unfortunately they don't. Uh, I do like that Rick let Carl go on this run. I mean, it's obviously super dangerous. Um, and the kid's obviously very young, but I think Rick has acknowledged that, especially, I mean, he saved his ass today, right? Mm -hmm. He he shot Morgan before Morgan could take out his dad. Right. So I think there's a lot of trust that Rick is putting in Carl, and Carl acknowledges and appreciates that. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think basically Michonne signing off to go with escort him is, I don't think that Rick would have let him traipse off alone. Yeah, I think that's I what that. Carl was hoping for, but yeah, yeah. Um, all right, let's move on. When they get outside, Carl tries to distract Michonne. Or no, wait. Yeah, he just darts off. Yeah, that's right. He, After he she... tells her to go up to the zombie and kill, kill that yeah. thing. Yeah, uh, and he takes off. Uh, she catches up to him, and Carl says that he wants to go get something else for a little baby ass kicker. Right. Uh, which is not a crib because he's already passed the crib store. 
Is this the same? Is this the same neighborhood that they had in season one? Because I found I, I feel like they just. I didn't think Rick Sheriff Place looked like the real set anymore, and I didn't recognize any of the locations. Yeah, I didn't either. I think they just did made a switch new set, right? Yeah, they told every, they went to a neighborhood and said, "All right, nobody mow your lawns for like three weeks." <laughs> and we're gonna fill it with trash. We're gonna board up this here. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna board up this here building. Congratulations, you're the new Cynthiana. A uh, lot of character development here between. Uh, and we'll, we'll see a lot more of it later, but between Carl and Michonne, um, I just like that she's not treating him like the kid that he appears to be. Right. I mean, yeah. she, even though she doesn't know him well, and she says as much, uh, and she doesn't really care about him that much. Right. Uh, she understands where he's coming from. Yeah. I don't know. I think she might have a soft spot for kids. Uh, I had some listener feedback on Facebook that, that speaks of that. Um, it would have been funny though, if she'd have been like treated him like Rick, <laughs> just posted up on a building and observed him walking around, you know, <laughs> Yeah, giving him the front face the entire time. Right. Go back to talk to Rick. Where's Carl? Who? What now? <laughs> or she just glares at him. <laughs> wow. Um, so we go back over to Rick and Morgan, and Morgan wakes up and immediately tries to attack Rick. Uh, Rick tries to convince Morgan that he knows him with some really heinous accent work. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he gets stabbed in the process. You know my face. <laughs> I don't even. I can't do it. That's the one Rick I can't adequately capture with a bad accent. When he goes like when he goes like full on purple face, uh, Rick. It like the accent just goes the like you know in Spaceballs it goes plaid. It's just yeah. indescribable. It takes on textures and colors <laughs> that you don't normally associate with sound. Yeah. Uh, um, before you go on, I got to mention, I got to probably stomp all over listener feedback, but uh, the when uh, Morgan's laying there and he's awake, but Rick doesn't know it yet, he says, I'm sorry this happened to you. Word for word callback to what he said to the bicycle girl before he blew that zombie's head up. Oh, and, nice. But it's also, it's like, I noticed they're callbacks, but they're inversions. Because yeah. that ultimately had ended in Rick putting his gun through the zombie's uh, skull and putting her out of his misery. This scene ended up in uh, Rick not doing that, holstering his gun and walking yeah. away from the situation. Yeah. Uh, so, once Rick kind of pins Morgan down, he, he says, kill me. Like He's yeah. got the gun to his head. He says, do it. Yeah. Uh, clearly not stable at this point. We can see that. Um, we come back from commercial and Rick is bandaging his wounds poorly, I might add. Uh, and it's a heinous, it's a vicious wound, right? It's a, like a six inch knife. Yeah, that's, knife. that's what I'm saying. Like, even if it was just a steak knife plunged into yeah. the hilt, that would seem like it'd wreck your shoulder. Uh, you would think so. Yes. Um, but he's bandaging that up and he's trying to convince Morgan that he knows him still. Uh, and then he reminds him about the walkie. He hands him the walkie. Uh, Morgan freaks out, saying that he wasn't there. Uh, Rick gives some weak-ass weak excuse about getting pushed farther and farther out. Which, now and that this isn't in Kentucky, <laughs> this 
<laughs> makes that even more hilarious. That he's like ten miles away. Yeah, this from is the, like a this time. is like an hour drive to this guy uh, who saved your life, and neither one of them decided to make contact until apparently it was already too late. Yeah, I don't know. No, it, I, logistically, it doesn't make a ton of sense. But right, it solves one problem, but then creates another. But in this scene, it doesn't matter because yeah, Morgan. Oh my God, he's incredible in this scene, right? Oh, he's. Oh, absolutely. And he goes, he starts off blaming Rick, but then by the end, he turns it on himself. Yeah. Uh, well, they start off by kind of comparing horror stories. Yeah. Like, oh, I lost my wife. Yeah, well, I lost my wife and my kid. Right. And I had to watch my wife turn into a zombie. And I had to shoot her after she bit my kid. Right. He just goes, yeah, okay, you win. You win. I get it. Right. You've got more pain than me, dude. And what I just thought is like, you know, I was kind of spellbound while I was watching him talk because right around the time he goes, you know, I had – it's like, you know, you tried to give me that rifle. Tell me what needed to be done, but I had to let it go till it came time for the reckoning. And then you realize when he's telling a story that Dwayne had the same problem his dad did and that he had the gun. It was pointed at his mom's face. All he had to do is pull the trigger. But yeah. he couldn't do it any more than Morgan could. Yeah. And I think that is what really flipped Morgan out that, you know, and I'll say as a father, the thing that irritates you most about your kids are when you, they manifest your personal weaknesses. <laughs> uh-huh. and it's like, you know, a, a, a mirror held up to yourself. I can't even imagine what it would be like to think of how, you know, that this is a personal weakness that you can't do this. Um, and then and you, had Morgan been stronger. It, it, yeah. He would have spared Dwayne, but then he'll see Dwayne succumb to the same thing. That you know, yeah. I, I just—it's got to be tough. Got to be. And tough. I mean, if you're Rick and you're looking at it from that perspective, uh, you got to think about how everything you're doing is affecting your son at the moment, right? Right. I mean, we can see Carl is imitating Rick in yeah. a lot of respects. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that's being passed down. Whatever Rick does, he's got to know that Carl's going to look after it. Yeah, and I, I liked his at the end thematically where he said, you know, good people like you, Rick, die, and so do yeah. bad people, but it's it's I was weak and selfish, and I'm the type of person that's going to inherit the earth. Yep. And I thought that was a, a pretty amazing point to end a really amazing scene. Yeah. And the other thing is, like, people that like, – because, you know, we got a um, – Got a couple negative reviews on iTunes with the whole, you know, why are you guys even doing this fucking cast if you hate the show so much? Well, fuck you. Because I, for one, <laughs> would love to have characters like Morgan in this show every freaking week. Yeah. You know, if you're okay with not having strong characterizations like Morgan uh, for weeks at a time, then that's cool. I, for one, am a fan of the show that would like to see this uh, more of this, which increases my enjoyment. And I gotta say, it's kind of amazing what they've done with Morgan's character, given how little we know about the guy, right? right? The only thing we really know about him is that he didn't want to kill his wife. Right. Even though she was she had turned. And now they've taken that one single thread of his character and blown it out to what is an amazing episode. Right. It's it's kind of fantastic. Um, uh there was this normally we're like kind of talking during different scenes we'll make comments and stuff and this was one of those scenes where you just know it's time to shut up and watch the freaking show yeah because morgan was so good 
uh, his, the actor is Lenny James, and I just feel like yeah. he's so expressive, and he's got a way of. I don't know. I just feel like he has a way of connecting with me as a viewer so I can f- understand his emotions. And it, yeah, it's, it's no accident that the pilot is still the gold standard for Walking Dead episodes, and he was a big part of that. For sure. Yeah, he, he almost has this – he has a way of turning what I could see as being really cheesy, bad dialogue into something powerful. Yeah, like you – I mean give this to William Shatner and scenery is going to be chewed. <laughs> But somehow this guy seems, even when he is, uh, like I joked uh, early on before the really heavy hit, uh, heavy stuff started hitting when he grabbed Rick's gun and was like, just kill me, please, please kill me, kill me, kill me now, please kill me. And I'm like, wow, brave decision by the editor to just use all the takes. <laughs> but yeah. he takes ridiculous stuff like that and makes it hit home. Yeah, the part that I really noticed when he was when uh... – He's talking about Dwayne having the gun to his mom and couldn't pull the trigger. And then he's talking about seeing red. Yeah. And he says it four times in a row. Right. But it doesn't feel like that. Yeah. You'd think that'd be, that would play over the top, but it yeah. didn't, at least for me. Yeah. Um, so we go back to Michonne and Carl, and they're sneaking into the King County Cafe, mm-hmm. which uh, is nice. Uh, with a diversion, they throw rats in there and distract the zombies with food. Uh, well, they first, almost get what they're after, but they get attacked and run back outside. Carl wants to go back in, but Michelle won't let him. Instead, she sneaks in and gets the item for him, and it's a picture of his family together. Uh, first thing off, before they enter the store, Michonne like kind of jerks him away from the door, and they have the most bizarre edit in Walking Dead history. Okay. Like, I all of a sudden she was jerking him away, and then they're 300 yards across the street and in a park discussing the situation. And I was <laughs> okay. like, "What the hell just happened?" I read in Seppenwall's review that he said that he thought his DVR skipped out the first time he watched it. Uh, huh. Do you think that they just like lost the connective footage and were like did the best they could, or was that some that smash cut some kind of intentional stylistic choice? It, it seems like a weird style to choose. Right. Uh, the just not showing walking? I don't know. I don't know. Um, no, maybe they did lose footage. That would be interesting. I'd like to hear from like Glenn Mazzara about that. Um, the other thing I th- would thought was funny as we're watching it, because so they sk- they slid these caged rats and birds in on skateboards. Uh-huh. And that what eventually um, uh, screws them up is one of the rats gets loose. So we've got like a dozen zombies on this rat in a cage. The rat escapes the cage and the (laughs) ring of zombies and is (laughs) pulling away from them. Like, that rat's going to be fine. This rat is a better survivor than basically everyone we've seen killed these last three seasons. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, you put Rick in a cage and pile 12 zombies on him, he's dead. (laughs) He's dead, barring outside intervention by Daryl. Yeah, well, we essentially did that, right? I mean, the tank scene was exactly that. Right. And Glenn had to come save him. Right. This rat is the most badass survivor we've seen in Walking Dead history. I take my hat off to him. Nice. Uh, we get a zombie kill of the week right here. Uh, I'm giving it to Michonne. When Carl nearly gets eaten by the zombie, she puts the sword right through its head. And without making a noise. Yeah. Just 
kills the thing dead and just kind of drops its head to the table. She's a smooth operator. Really cool. I also liked how she didn't treat Carl like a child, but she also, you know, like she said at one point, she's like, no, no more your bullshit. And yeah. I thought that was really good that, you know, look, I'm not going to talk to any of the child, but I'm also going to recognize that you are a child. And yeah. you're going to have to listen to me on a few things. I, I thought that was I thought that was really good, good good leveling. Sure. Um, I don't know if this is like some kind of joke or what, but does Denagarira collect cat statues? Because I saw on her Twitter she posted a picture of like a whole bunch of cat sculptures on a table, and she said I needed another one to go with my collection. I don't know if she just found a random photo on the internet and thought, hey, this would be funny, or if she actually collects. I don't know. It would be funny if she brought one in from work and, you know, that was like all ab-libbed on the set. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. I don't know. A lot of people had a problem thought it was cheesy how she pulled out that cat. I thought it was great. and I don't care how cheesy it was. We got rewarded with the, the rare Michonne smile. So, yeah. you know, she can pull hats, uh, rabbits out of all kinds of, or cats out of all kinds of hats all day long, so long as it Rabbits, end, too. Why not? She gives us a little smile. Yeah, rabbits, cats. Pull them out pull of whatever. Hats, asses, whatever you got. <laughs> Just pull them out and keep smiling. There was another weird cut here. Didn't it seem crazy how fast... Yes. She got in and out of that building. Yeah, Carl's posted up for like 10 seconds, and she's just like, you know, and, and it's not just that either, because when Carl drops the photo, he drops it right at the front door. Right. You can see it happen. The zombies are literally standing on it. I don't know how Michonne got that picture. Well, I mean, <laughs> obviously they're all crowded with their face, their faces plastered against the, uh, the glass trying to get at Carl, who's just kind of like antagonizing them. Um, yeah. just both his presence. So I, I buy that she slipped in the back door and, and got in and out. Hmm. I mean, she's, okay. she's ninja quick and stealthy. She fucking killed a zombie with a sword and made a sound. She is that. Um, we go back to Rick and Morgan where Rick is trying to convince Morgan to come back with them to the prison. Uh, he notices, uh, he, Morgan notices all the guns that they need and turns down his offer, uh, and says that he has to clear which is an interesting term. Which what do you what do you think clear means here? Um, I think it's fairly obvious, but well, I was he talking about clearing his conscience? Was he talking about clearing the area? Does he feel like it's his mission to clear the earth now? I don't. I don't know. Could be no. I just things. think he's in the same boat as Rick. They're both going crazy, and they just need to clear their heads. They need to get. Their head screwed back on straight. Yeah, but the, he actually said it like a verb when he tried to kill Rick. He said, you must go clear. Yeah. Well, I think Rick needs to as well, right? I mean, there's a lot of stuff happening here between, like, Rick seeing what Morgan has become and recognizing that in himself, that portion of himself. Uh, and I think a lot of the stuff that happens in this episode with Morgan is kind of clearing Rick's head a little bit too because he's realizing that I'm not going to be able to protect my kid if I turn out to be like Morgan, right? right. I mean, if I go crazy and just start shouting in a prison like I did uh, two episodes ago, then uh, I'm not going to be much use to anybody. And I think that's sobering him up a little bit. Well, yeah, that and, um, I, you know, it's weird. It's like, okay, so Rick's going to choose not to be crazy now. 
Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. But that. honestly, if the faster we move around from Rick being batshit crazy, the happier I'll be. Just put that in your rear view fucking mirror. Um, you know, he can have like, you know, moments like he did where he's seeing something, but I just, uh, I don't want him waving a gun at people and screaming yeah. and wandering off the reservation when he's got a, a child, two children to care for. Yeah. I'm with you. Uh, there, there was a line here that I thought was just really cool. Uh, it's the one where Morgan says you're going to be torn apart by teeth or bullets. I wrote that down line of the night. Yeah. I like that a lot. Uh, that was almost back. like justified levels of dialogue right there. Yeah, it was good. It was good. Um, let's go back to uh, the outside of the building where the group's meeting back up. Uh, can I halt uh, you real quick? Uh, yeah. What did you think of the quantity of guns that they actually took? I mean, is well, they get like three big duffel three bags. Three large duffel bags. That uh, Compared to what he had in that room, I just felt like they could have taken a lot more. Well... Yeah, I mean, what kind of car were they driving? Was it a small one? They could have fit more than three bags. Hell yeah, they could have. They could have yeah. strapped shit to the, the top. I mean, I, I don't know. They're going to need a lot of fucking guns to repulse the governorship here. I yeah, mean, that's honestly, I don't know that they need so many guns. They just need tons of ammo, right? That's true. And, I, you know, I guess this can – this is – that's a nitpick. I'm kind of – eh. I mean, it's like maybe one of those uh, Dungeon Dragon style bags of holding that can hold like <laughs> a ten foot pole, fifty feet of rope, uh, three yeah, sets of armor. I don't think armor. they'll ever go through and do like a manifest. Like, here's how many bullets we have. Yeah. I don't think the showrunners want us to know that. No, uh, so that we can't keep track of it. You know? No, right? Uh, so yeah, they won't do that. Um, Carl apologizes to Morgan before they leave, and Morgan tells him never to be sorry. Which, uh, I don't know how I feel about that advice. I'm not sure how Rick felt about it either. They do well, kind of close up on him. The thing is, I and my, my girlfriend had this insight too. She said that he was either subconsciously or this is what Carl was taking away, that he was actually referring to Lori. That Morgan is one of the only ones, hmm. you know, not even Rick can understand what it's like to put a bullet through a loved one. Yeah, I mean, he's killed Sophia, uh... You know, he, but nobody loves Sophia. <laughs> <laughs> not even we hadn't Car- had time. Not to even love Carol, her. apparently. Uh, and the other thing is, you know, it's like, yeah, and he killed Shane, but that was in self-defense. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't know whether he meant to this like that, but I think that I kind of agree that that's how Carl took it. Like, you know, never be sorry. Don't be sorry for doing what you had to do regarding your mom, kid. Oh, don't don't mistake. Carl's psyche right now is dominated. By that fact. Oh, yeah. And uh, I thought so that's everything good, that, that he was good, is going to apply. Good for him to hear, even if Rick you know, didn't understand it or grok it. Sure. Uh, Carl also tells Rick that Michonne might be one of them. Uh, apparently, he's taking a liking to her. And they load up the guns, and they head out. Uh, and after all that, after their trip to the cafe and everywhere uh, to get the crib, they didn't get the box. Michonne's whole ostensible reason for going was to help carry the box. Yeah, but I I feel like that she already smoked out. That's not what he was going in that scene. Didn't you get that impression? Uh, totally, but Rick didn't, you know. Uh, they came back with the crib like nothing was right, yeah. happening. Okay. I'm not uh, I'm not playing along with your fucking cardboard joke, man. <laughs> no, you're not. You're not helping my joke. I'm not selling really that home. shit at all. I didn't even know you were <laughs> making one until just now. 
Um, it, we do get a little bit more characterization from Michonne here because she tells Rick that she used to talk to her dead boyfriend. Yeah. That's something I don't think we knew yet. Like it. Um, so she went slightly crazy at some point as well. She still might be slightly. I mean, she might be suffering coming out of an extended psychotic break, and maybe we should just cut her some fucking slack about the catatonic stairs. <laughs> yeah, there's that. I mean, you know, would be a really what would be a really funny fucking fan edit <laughs> would be like every time she's just giving people like a cold, distant stare, like you subtly played like gunshots and screaming and zombie growls, like she's having a flashback. <laughs> Help me, Michelle! Yeah, I'm being eaten. <laughs> Every single time she's given a glare, you just play that. You know, oh, people running and screaming. She's just reliving some painful moment. People think she's a uh, bitch. That would be awesome. <laughs> we call it the uh, Michonne sympathy edit. <laughs> nice. Um, and Rick also admits something to Michonne that he sees things, and I would imagine that's not a big surprise to her after what he did in the prison. I don't think he ever explained that to right. them, but now he has. Yeah, it's also kind of weird that he said, hey, would you do mind driving when she was the person driving there? Maybe I guess yeah. the implication was that she fully expected him not to let her drive after she got stuck in the mud and this was his like, you know what? Let's put all this bullshit behind us. Let's go back to the prison with you on team rictatorship uh, fully and, you know, put all this behind us. Yeah, it's a good point. Um, on the way back, they pass the crash in the backpacker again. This time he's eaten. Just a patch of gristle. Just a patch of gristle. But, but they take his pack. Oh, yeah. Uh, good way to cap off this episode. Now, my question for you in this scene is, do you think the second time they go back, if that backpacker hadn't been eaten, they would have picked him up? No. Hell no. No? You uh. don't think that this trip has giving Rick a little more sympathy for people? No. Helping people out a little bit? No? No, I don't know. Wow. Okay. Fair enough. I just wonder how any outsider is going to be integrated in his group ever. I mean, although I guess, you know, that's a new thought for me, Jim. And I kind of like I kind of like what you're saying about that because now the writers can say, "Well, Rick has pivoted and this is a fundamental turning point for him." And now he's going to be more open to taking on outsiders like Tyrese or whoever we meet in the future. Maybe. Um, they won't I just him, picked they up won't a little vibe him. of him maybe softening his stance because he definitely softened it with Michonne. Yeah. So it makes me wonder how he's going to feel towards other people. Uh, ethically, what's the difference between stopping uh, and, and taking the guy's backpack at gunpoint – and then driving past him and coming back two hours later and taking his bloodstained backpack. Uh, I think you're in the clear. I think yeah. you're good. <laughs> yeah. All I right. mean, you didn't kill him, right? No, I mean... But he's just, dead now, so somebody needs to use the pack. Right, but I'm saying, like, before he died, could you just run up and say, you're clearly an no. idiot that's not going to survive and we're not going to save you, so hand over <laughs> your backpack and your clothes and your shoes... And we will leave you naked. No, I, I no, that's horrible. Why is it more horrible than what they did, though? I mean, I kind of feel like just leaving him there. I kind of feel like you're right, but I feel like you're right purely in an emotional sense. It's it's because you're not stripping him naked of everything he needs to survive, and then throwing him to the wolves. 
Yeah, but it made what he had made no difference. But it might have, right? <laughs> I'm not dealing with might haves. I'm dealing with certainties. He did not survive the episode. Well, see, you can't you can't know that the first time you see it. But we do know that. So knowing what we know now, would it have been ethically okay? Okay, I'm bored with this conversation. Uh, I think I feel like this is a trap. You're trying to get me to say something horrible on the air. It's yeah. not going to happen. I want protest, man. Not going to happen. I want to be on CNN. I want to be on CNN defending my crazy co-host Jim Jones. From <laughs> yeah, with a name like Jim Jones, I don't need to say much. <laughs> Uh, okay. Uh, are we ready to do some promotional stuff before we get the feedback? Yeah. First, again, don't forget about our co- uh, contest. I know it's been 45 minutes since you heard me last talk about it, but baldmove.com slash contest. Win a free fucking Kindle Fire, people. Uh, just promote our shit. Stuff you'd probably do anyway, right? Right. Um, also, thanks out this week for uh, the peop- fine folks at Audible. Uh, audiblepodcast.com slash baldmove. You can sign up to get your free uh audiobook it's a free trial why wouldn't you try it and courtesy of steve r uh we've got a couple of recommendations i'm going to just mention one um infection the alaskan undead apocalypse and wait 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 alaskan yeah it must be during the summer it must be during the summer which that's you know that's like 24 hours of daylight and i guess this is anchorage only has two ways by land to get out of to get out of there, and apparently wow. somehow early on in the apocalypse, um, those are disabled. So it's kind of like you know most zombie apocalypse like World War Z, etc. They talk about like the whole world going to hell, and this is yeah. a very small kind of intimate look at various characters in that you know kind of unusual setting. And I read the reviews; it looked pretty good. Um, it's written by uh, Sean Schubert. And it's book okay. one of a series, so if you like the first one, you know you've got a bunch of other entertainment, too. I've got a, a bunch more of this kind of zombie genre. I was so shocked and amazed that there's like a half dozen titles, some of them with this, several series. So if you love zombie apocalypse genre, go to audiblepodcast.com slash baldmove. Sign up for your free trial. Pick one. And let us cool. know what you think. Uh, they've also got uh, their new – they've got 100,000 titles available, which is amazing. They also integrate with Amazon's WhisperSync service, which means you can be at night reading in your bed. This is my favorite feature, and I yeah. am a customer. Uh, you can be at night uh, reading your book, and then in the morning you get in your car for your commute, plug in your uh, iPod or your iPhone or your Droid into your car's auxiliary jack whatever and you can have the book read itself to you and then when you get home you can switch back to reading it's awesome yeah it's a killer killer app people so again thanks to audible for uh sponsoring us and uh, help keeping the podcast free yes do you have Uh, any more promotional stuff i do i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna um since i spend a lot of time on the contest i'm gonna gun through this uh of course we're part of the bald move network you're familiar with our walking dead coverage game of thrones comes back at the end of march 331 Mad Men comes back April 7th, I believe. Uh, Check out our TV cast because Justified is heating up. Yeah, Justified is getting good. We do a weekly general uh, TV where we're discussing currently uh, girls, Justified. We talk a little bit of House of Cards. We're going to talk about a little bit of the Americans this week, uh, something Jim and I sampled over the weekend. Uh, Don't forget the boys, the personal arrogance crew out of Seattle. This week they talk about 3D-printed meat and leather, missions to Mars, (laughs) franchise combat (laughs) – 
<laughs> where they talk about what franchises would be good for a Mortal Kombat treatment, like uh, you know uh, DC versus Marvel or Capcom versus yeah Disney. Or they whatever. do uh, <laughs> um, uh, like uh, must see TV lineup: Friends versus Seinfeld. Uh, it's okay. pretty funny, and Jesse opens the What the Fuck files. Uh, also, Because Show, um, Gerilyn, who donated to Kindle Fire, Amy and Susan this year uh, have follow-ups about female ejaculate and money Sweet. advice. Uh, <laughs> I, again, their show is not to be missed. And finally, Up Years Downstairs goes on a brief hiatus, but next week they'll be back with a season three wrap-up cast for Downton Abbey. And then we'll see what they have in store for their bi-weekly or their bi-monthly uh, hiatus schedule where they talk about all kinds of Victorian Edward stuff or Edward Edwardian England stuff. Yes. Good stuff. Yep. All right. Let's get to the listener feedback. Uh, the moment they've all been waiting for. Uh, first person who writes in, and uh, I'm going to give him credit for everybody who said this, is Zachary Gray. He says, Rick is from King County, Georgia in the show. He's only from Cynthia, Kentucky in the book. Yep. So We got, I mean, probably the most feedback we've ever got uh, on something like that. So don't feel bad. And we would have to sit there and tell like probably 20 different names if we gave credit to everybody. Yeah. And we've made a lot of boneheaded mistakes and this was the biggest. (laughs) In recent memory. I'm not not prepared to say it's (laughs) the worst mistake I've ever made. (laughs) Uh, Tom from the D says even as a huge anti-Michonne fan I have to say she kind of redeemed herself a bit but why did it take three quarters of a season for the writers to learn how to write her character why was Rick shocked when there were no weapons in the armory wasn't that the same place that he raided in episode one Uh, and again why can no one seem to hit a human target but are expert snipers when it comes to walkers Um, I want to say Morgan has become a badass I want to directly address that. Um, I would say it's much easier to hit a walker than a person. Yeah, there are no evasive maneuvers. Yeah, so, I mean, I think that's way exaggerated, but, you know, it makes sense conceptually. It's ridiculous the amount of headshots they pull off from moving vehicles and on the run and whatnot, but, you know, as long as they're consistent. (laughs) In the season two. And it also goes along with the theme that the living are much more dead and dangerous than the dead. And the show is yeah. kind of going to great pains to uh, uh, show us that. Good point. Uh, Ryan says, hey, guys, in your season three preview podcast, you discussed what you were hoping to see with the upcoming season. I agree with you. Uh, I agree with you, Jim, when you said, if I remember correctly, that you wanted to see more details that address how the zombie apocalypse is affecting life generally not just within the immediate circumstances of our group. And he says, this episode scratched that itch for me a bit. Still very interested in the broader view of the zombie apocalypse. I wish there was more of that element. Also, I think the zombies as a plot device are starting to lose their impact a bit. The show needs to do more to remind the audience of their connection as former humans. Season one seemed to have more of that, like the scene where Morgan's wife and child, uh, the scene with Morgan's wife and the child zombie that picks up the doll. So creepy. Yeah, yeah, man. Totally Season one that. was chock full of that, and then I don't know. I don't know what happened. <laughs> season two derailed us, and then season three has been mostly action, right? Well, yeah, and I think also the problem is we switched showrunners. I think Frank Darabont was very interested in showing that side. Yeah. Um, 
and AMC wasn't so interested. <laughs> so we went to the yeah, more well, there, act- was, there was kind of a backlash when they started to go overboard with that part of it. And yeah. granted, they weren't doing a good job. Season two was a steaming pile of crap as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Um, yeah. But they were trying to explore those themes. And season three, they were like, all right, let's just fix this show. Yeah, and make it much more action oriented. Yeah, and I, I yeah, I think that I like the direction Darabont went. I don't. I think that you know the consensus seems to be he just doesn't know what to do with a weekly TV show. That once you get yeah, like you know true. off of a particular plot line, he starts losing how to connect all this stuff together. But I do miss the character studies and those kind of uh, you know human moments with the zombies. Yeah. Bill says I don't think I've swung from thinking an episode was pure junk to then thinking it is one of my favorites. Actually, giving Michonne lines and a bit of character, uh, a bit of character really dug this episode out of the screamer pits and gave me hope for the series. Michonne uh, is the most interesting character in Walking Dead comics, and it's been so much to see her given so little chance to shine. She is Walking Dead's Omar Lil, larger than character who is just flat out fun to watch. Uh, he says she can teleport in and out of bars with a pair of speed. Obviously, she hinted at that at the end of this episode, but right. we need to see it. Uh, Levi Jeans writes in, I got to say, this was one of my favorite episodes since the pilot. It highlighted the best storytelling mechanisms of The Walking Dead, especially the intro and outro. The small sign left behind for Aaron at the outset serves as a nice little artifact, followed by the bracelet on the zombie, reminding us that there are hundreds of stories untold in this universe. Uh, that's a really good point. There's... And this kind of goes back to what I was saying with, like, the Lostian aspects of the show. Uh, I like that they are hinting at least a little bit. There's more going on than just Rick, the governor, and uh, Tyrese at this point. Right. Yeah, I mean, even, like, uh, uh, the governor finding that there's this, you know, small detachment of National Guardsmen that are out there trying to survive. Um, yeah. you know, thousands of stories are happening like that all the time. Yep. Uh, he goes on, the whole episode was quiet, evenly paced, and didn't try to be flashy. It played with interesting themes like the coward inheriting the earth and Carl's motivations with his sister. It doesn't have to be a six-episode arc involving half-assed tension or unrealistic, complex tactical situations being poorly developed villains, uh, between poorly developed villains and Rick's pendulous mental state. I couldn't agree more. Uh, he says the final moments were a perfect wrap-up, bringing it back around to the opening and that backpack. Poor bastard didn't make it, but hey, on the bright side, more supplies. Uh, Jeff writes in, Once again, Morgan survives to see another day. What are the chances that he has a change of heart and makes his way to the prison to help Rick with the governor, or is Morgan too busy playing house with Howard Hughes? Uh, I... 
So we're out of comic book territory. So th- I mean, this is not a comic spoiler. I would be shocked if we do not see him come back. Like if I'm how are we going to see that? I mean, he's an hour away by car, right? Yeah. How is he going to get to the prison? Rick didn't tell him they were at the prison, right? Uh, I I think one of two things will happen. He did mention that they're at the prison. So like how many? He yeah, he said. Uh, why don't you come back to us? We got a prison. And before he could oh, say where we're safe, he says, he says, oh, is that where your wife died? Yeah. So can I see all the guns? Yep. How many, how many you know, large prisons can there be in that area of Georgia? So there's, sure. there's one vector. And also I wouldn't put it past Rick coming back. Like, look, you know, before we move on or like, you know, there's this debate about whether they should leave the prison or not. Should they do that? I could see him like – you know, early next season. I'm just saying that as a showrunner, yeah. as a new showrunner. By the way, the person who wrote this episode, which I'm going to look up when you read the next comment, they're actually His running Scott Gimple. Scott Gimple. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Why? Man, uh, I thought the Villigan was a good nickname, but you can't get much better than Gimpable. Uh, <laughs> Gimpable? The Gimp Pimple? Uh, <laughs> okay. Anyway, this is why we never get official interviews with anybody. Uh, But if I'm Scott, I'm thinking, man, two of the best episodes ever have had this dude Morgan in it. I'm going to find – he's not dead. I'm going to find a way to bring him back. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, after seeing that performance, why wouldn't you? Indeed. Furzan writes in – he says, man, the backpackers, just an incredibly powerful representation – of what the group has become. I mean, Rick was telling Carl how we have to be accepting a Michonne and then just screwing over that guy was kind of weird, but whatever. Good job. Yeah. Morgan's reappearance and his background and its effectiveness is entirely due to the fantastic performance from the actor. Wow, what a powerhouse. At this point, I wish he would become a main character, but with Tyrese in the show, it's just not possible in the physics of the Walking Dead universe. <laughs> right on. Oh, boy. Uh, Michonne and Carl's interactions were very well done. Kudos to the writers, though I couldn't help but laugh at the fact that Michonne is a better parent to Carl here than Rick or Lori ever were. Uh, when Morgan won up to Rick's dead wife with zombie wife, he couldn't uh, he couldn't shoot, who later ate his child. I was like, yes, snap out of it, Rick. You have it good comparatively. Uh, that's a really good point, you know? Right. Uh, I don't... Who else has their family around other than Herschel, who's Lost most of his. Right. No, I mean, that's a, that's a solid point. Yeah. And I think that's... Uh, didn't someone call that um, Lori on some of her bullshit? Was it Carol? Who's, you know... Cause, yes. Yeah, she was trying to basically play the... Look, I understand we're all going through a lot. It's like, oh, you who got your awesome husband back and your child back and no one that you really cared about has died? <laughs> yep. And you got a boyfriend on the side? Yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, KB writes in, as we approach the Rick versus Governor showdown, I'm expecting a solid showdown, but not a truly gripping one. A major reason is because I don't think the show has done enough to make us revile the Governor. Really? For one, the Governor needs to be way less redeemable than Merle, who is now tolerated by the prison crew and probably most of the audience. But when you compare their record, the Governor doesn't come away as that much more of an asshole. They both participate in killing those soldiers. The Governor humiliated Maggie while Merle humiliated and beat Glenn. Merle tries to kill Michonne on the governor's orders. The governor promotes weird zombie arena fights, and Merle is a willing participant 
Um, and he kind of goes on there. He says, to distinguish him as a real bad guy, um, I think they should have played up his sadism more regularly. And that's a pretty good point, right? I don't feel like I should feel, which is that the governor is the most despicable person that we've seen in this show. You, okay, I don't so know that who, he's that much worse than Merle, honestly. Who, who's more despicable? Okay, so you think Merle's more despicable than the governor? You got, in some ways, certainly, yeah. And and you know you got a guy following orders versus the guy giving orders, and you've got the zombies and the heads, and I don't know. versus being a flaming racist. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah, I don't know. I don't know the the stuff with his daughter. Um, I, I think it was KB who pointed this out in another part of the email that I couldn't include, but because um, it, it got a little spoilery. Hmm. Uh, the the thing with the daughter didn't do much to serve that because it kind of made him more sympathetic. Right, right. And I understand that they were kind of trying to play that angle, but at the same time, it doesn't work as this arch nemesis if you're kind of feeling bad for the guy, too. True. And I think that's what KB's trying to say. Yeah. I mean, maybe they could have gone, maybe they could have gone a little bit further. I think that also you got to realize their basic cable. Yeah, so yeah, this sad. is like, you know, they can't, you know, in the comic books, of course, they go much further. And, you know, Michonne's confrontation with the governor is a lot more epic. But they just can't show you gouge. You can't take uh, the knife that you shoved up a dude's ass and gouge out your a dude's eye in basic yeah. cable. You can shove a shard of aquarium glass through that eye. So, <laughs> you know, they're giving us as good as they, they that we got. He's sure. basic cable. He's basic cable psychotic. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, Jake writes in. My email is mostly about the return of Pistol Rick. Have you ever noticed every time Rick speaks, he must clutch his pistol or his belt? It's one of those things where once you see it, you can never unsee it. Well, thanks a lot, Jake. Because I looked at it and I cannot unsee it. Is that like the uh, Captain Picard uniform adjustment? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you yeah. stand up. You got to pull, tug that uniform. Well, he, it totally reminds me of Raylan from Justified. Every time he stands there, mm-hmm. he's got his hand near his gun. Hey, everybody. Aaron here. So a funny thing happened about right here in the cast, and I don't know if it's Skype or something on my end of the hardware, but the sound quality went to shit. Like, total shit. It sounded like two robot washing machines, fucking Gemini's voice, it's completely unlistenable garbage, and it spans from about here to right as we were about to go into the spoiler section. So we lost about 20 minutes of feedback. I apologize to anyone who's affected, but there's nothing I could do to make that audio listenable. So just inserting this so the abrupt cut doesn't seem quite so abrupt, and we'll try to do better next time, and I'm going to return you to your normally scheduled podcast about to enter into the spoiler section. That's it. Let's get the spoilers, man. That was quick. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we will see you either in the spoiler section or next week. Until then, I'm Jim. I'm a
we're back for the spoiler section. We don't have I any. Stole my thunder. We don't have any. Well, I knew you'd try to kick it to video. We don't have video because you're coming in on the audio feed that the video would normally come in. And oh, as we no. mentioned, as we mentioned last week, that's the dumbest thing that we do in the podcast, and that's saying a lot. So. Yeah. We don't have an exciting audio preview of next week. Do we have some spoiler feedback that we can we consider? Do. Uh, normally you read this, but I assume yes. I'm going to be reading it. <laughs> you assume correctly, sir. Okay. Um, Matthew S. has an email that says, Has anyone else got the feeling that Andrea will take Tyrese's spot on the chopping block to accomplish the pain experience in the comic? The victim has to be close to Rick along with Michonne. Uh, T. Tyrese isn't close to either. Andrea fits this part. Dale's storyline is gone, and she doesn't really serve much more of a role other than a couple sniper kills that, as can be seen, apparently can be accomplished by anyone in the TV group. <laughs> I like that idea. Not necessarily that I'm ready for Andrea to die, um, mm-hmm. but it does make sense in light of that. And if I have to choose between Tyrese and Andrea, I'm going to pick Tyrese pretty much every time, all the time. Uh. Wait, what? I If I have to pick, didn't he say that Andrew's shaking Tyrese's uh, place in the chopping block? Yeah, that's what he's wondering if that will happen. And I'm like, I'm all for that because not necessarily I'm anti-Andrea, but if I have to choose between Andrea and Tyrese, I'd like Andrea to go. Really? So you want Tyrese to stick around more than a developed character? Uh, I don't think she's that developed, honestly. I think she's regressed. They they had her in a good huh. spot towards the end of season two. I tried to defend her in season three. I think the lot she did was defensible, but I, she's just not coming across very likable. And I certainly don't think she's as good huh. an actress as, uh, um, oh Jesus Christ, Tyrese guy, my boyfriend Coleman, Coleman, uh, Dennis. <laughs> Get out of here! I don't know. Um, uh, anyway, I have to hand uh, in my. On, I also see Beth as Lori's replacement for the final fall of the prison slash governor. Uh, someone has to cause the governor's troops to turn on him, and Beth seems to always have that baby on. Chad, a it's Dennis, 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 uh, Dennis Wise from uh, The Wire, uh, but he's played by Chad Coleman. Anyway, Chad Coleman. Yes. Um. So, what do you think of the idea that? Beth is going to be Lori's replacement for taking out the governor. I don't know anything about that. I haven't read the comics that far. Beth as Lori's replacement for taking out the governor. Um, Lori does not take out the governor. Oh, oh, well, for who gets taken yeah, out? Yeah, not taking out the governor, but causing his troops to turn on him. Yeah, and she could be holding Judith. She'd be shittily holding Judith, the dead baby Judith that she killed from her shitty baby handling skills, and the governor shoots her. Yeah, I could see that. That would be, you know, it seems like uh, that Kirkman is a fan of basically sticking to the plot but throwing us some curveballs. And substituting Tyrese for Andrew would be his style. Substituting Beth with Laurie would be straight up. Yeah, I, I actually, I'm actually going to be very surprised if one of those two doesn't come true because they're both solid. Yeah. They almost yeah. seem obvious when they just throw them out there. So good, good work. Good work. Quality speculation. Jason P. says, Whoa, was that the, dare I say it, incredible episode of television? And it happened to be Walking Dead? Color me <laughs> impressed, Scott Gimple. Uh, I'm just going to continue to say his name <laughs> until you stop laughing every time I say uh, it. Yeah, well, you're going to be waiting a while. 
Uh, he goes on, I'm sure you got this a lot by now, or you already know, but Scott Gimple wrote this episode of Walking Dead. He is also the showrunner for season four next year, so if this is a sign of things to come, I'm excited. But this whole thing wouldn't be possible without Lenny James' stellar acting. Hell yeah. I know a lot of people say this, but his emotional rant at, Rick's, at Rick last night made me tear up a bit. I read the spoiler, and I feel like it didn't stop the impact of the scene at all. I was actually curious if Morgan was just going to say that his wife killed Dwayne because he failed to shoot her, or if maybe we'd get a flashback and get to see her kill him. Uh, but Lenny James blew me away with the story, the detail, and the emphasis. Felt so real, almost like it really happened to him, and he was literally breaking down. Oh, uh, no. um, now the spoilers. I'm super excited for more Morgan. IMDb has him scheduled to appear again in episode 16. Aha! So hopefully that means he's joining the group, and we will or we'll be along with him in season four. I imagine so, since he becomes an important character, at least for Michonne later on. That is awesome. Yeah, no, I'm I'm super psyched because he does the, the way they handled this is a little different in the books. He goes back and finds Morgan, um, and and Morgan still kind of got the Dwayne. He's actually got Dwayne still alive. That he's got chained up, kind of like the governor, because he can't bear to oh. do that. So it's like they they you know same kind of like Morgan's slightly crazy, but Rick kind of redeems him. Um, and I was mad because I thought that arc was really good in the comic, but I gotta say, I think it played off even better in the TV show, and it was just a shot in the arm that the show needed. Yeah. Wait here. Uh, Evan C. has <laughs> some speculative spoilers here <laughs> for an episode, uh, episode number 14 that he's titling Killer Within Part 2. Uh... <laughs> His synopsis of the episode is as follows. It opens with an unidentified man in prison uh, in prison garb hobbling around an exposed area of Woodbury. After dragging in multiple bags of deer corpses, he tosses rocks at some <laughs> nearby walkers to catch their attention and lure them inside. Later on, a couple of passing townspeople, busy playing words with friends on their iPhones, are suddenly attacked and bitten by the walkers in broad daylight. <laughs> as the rest of Woodbury panics, a half-naked governor emerges from his apartment with Andrea in tow. How can this be happening? He shouts, <laughs> putting a round into the victim's head. As the walkers are killed and the dust finally settles, the unidentified man reveals himself. It's the prisoner Andrew, who is not dead after all, but actually undead. Uh... A scuffle quickly ensues between him and the governor, who fumbles his gun. The two stop fighting when elderly... <laughs> <laughs> The two stop fighting when elderly Mrs. McLeod picks it up and points it at the governor. Through some raspy and unintelligible moans, Andrew urges her to shoot him, but Mrs. McLeod changes her mind and decides to shoot Andrew again in the head. The town's new army watches in awe as she returns the pistol to the governor, proving once and for all that despite having severe arthritis, she can handle a weapon. That's right. Tell me there's some other way to contribute, will ya? That's amazing. I love that. Uh, so two of the three spoilers are going to come true, I would say, at this point. <laughs> two, two of the three, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, that's it, man. That's it? That's it? it? That's it, it. We All have right. no more feedback. When you have a 20-minute spoiler to read, then it, uh, time flies by. I know. It feels like we're just getting started. All right, so we've uh, got all our shit done. I say we hang it up and get onto the TV cast. Sounds good. Thanks, everybody, for listening.
See you. Bye.